0: This is Make it kind. Make it kind. M.I.P. With Marcelo, Marcelo. Mark Thompson. Make it kind. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, time for our favorite segment of the week, Thursday Coast, with the founder of the largest online progressive community, Daily Coast, the host of the ever popular podcast, The Brief, and the founder of Civics, Polling with a Q civics.com. Marcos joins us, and I join him from his favorite city of Chicago here from Procter uh, oh, County. No, Chicago. Hey, Mark, how are you doing? Great. And believe it or not, man, it has not gotten below 50.
1: Oh, my God. 45,
0: 50 all week. It is like tropical. Are
1: we still in yeah. February, too? <laughs> yeah, it's
0: tropical. <laughs> it's I'm going back home to New York to 20 degree weather, but it's really nice. Yeah, that's here. not normal. And, and, World uh, has here in in Chicago, so that's uh, that's good. Where the convention is will be. Have you heard any more about uh Taylor Swift coming to the convention? Have you been able to?
1: No, but if that's gonna happen, I would make that a big surprise. <laughs> I would definitely spring that last minute.
0: Yeah, that would be. Cool I, I
1: just, yep, I just hope they're working on it. I really hope they're working on it.
0: With all this going on, Marcos, and all the different things, and we know Biden there. I know you're confident about your math, but obviously there's still those that are saying that this issue of Gaza is going to impact him. And once again, just like the press conference where he got the president of Mexico and president of Egypt confused and Trump comes out 24 hours later and threatened to bomb everybody in NATO, even with Biden, maybe some of these, and and I take your point, they may not even be real, but let's just say they might be something there. Republicans then double down on women's bodies and embryos, and I'm like the this the average person who is not even a political statistician, kind of like you are, knows that is the issue for women. So let's do this right now, in the middle of a campaign, including Nikki Haley, and declare that I don't do they don't did they not take math in school. So these, they keep gifting us, man. Embryo is a person.
1: I, because they're zealots, because they're not making a strategic decision based on what is popular with the American people trying to win an election. They're trying to impose a radical theocratic agenda and rigging the system against any efforts to overturn, to push those people out of power. This is... At this point, this is foundational. And you're even seeing it in the Republican embrace of Putin, right? Because once upon a time, it was communism versus democracy, the free world versus the Iron Curtain. That that was the narrative in a frame, right? And Russia was on the other side. Putin has done a good job, has done a good job of branding himself as the ultimate anti-woke. Russia is incredibly anti-immigrant, anti-black people, anti-LGBTQ. Um, and and pro theocracy as a way of government, and so they've made this is a new alignment that's having glo- happening globally, where these Republican zealots see these strongmen, dictator theocrats um, as allies in their fight against wokeness, and uh, and it's upending. It's literally upending politics, and we're seeing that with the Republican Party right now in Congress and the in. Internal fight with the Republican Party over whether to support Ukraine or not. And this is something that's only going to accelerate. When I mean, We we had in the last, what, in the last two weeks, we've had five establishment Republicans announce their retirement. They're getting the hell out. They don't want part of that crazy town show. But given how gerrymandered the country is, most of those people will be replaced, not by a Democrat or by another sane Republican, but by more of these Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Bober, Matt Gaetz type of Republicans. And so we're headed to some it's gonna be an ugly Republican Party unless they get their ass whooped in November. And I don't know, maybe in 2026, those so you'll still have some of these people hanging around. But I'm really hopeful that defeating Trump, and it's not a done deal. You say I'm confident in the math. I'm hopeful <laughs> and I'm optimistic. I also understand that it's too close for comfort. We're going to have to work like hell to make sure that uh, the Biden and the Democratic ticket up and down the ticket that they win. But these people have lost any sense of allegiance to democracy, to the notions, the founding notions of our country. They literally are Putin. They're the Ayatollahs. They, this is this. These are their new heroes. And that's the model that they're really building upon. And it's freaking terrifying, Mark.
0: In in terms of dealing with the new heroes, they also it's gone so far is that some of them are even trying to justify Smirnov Akadu and saying Yeah, but that's still so those Smirnov who was the primary witness in Is the- that the- really Russia. his name? <laughs> Smirnov, but it with, with a V. Yeah. I know, but it's just it's so cartoony. You know, yeah i mean you could this is saturday night live it's amazing how saturday night live everything's (laughs) upset saturday night live used to be satirical (laughs) but now saturday night live has to catch up with real life yeah all right the dude's name is Mm smirnov and he's a russian op a russian operative and this is who they're relying on with no fear of contradiction or confirmation that they all are operating in putin's back pocket and it's so uh trump sycophatic I, I, Putin ain't paying all those guys in Congress, but they aren't all, they aren't all, all those house members are not operatives and they're not getting a dime. So what are you doing? And
1: <laughs> Mark, they knew too. They knew he was a Russian asset, that there's every suggestion and evidence that Republicans in the intelligence committee knew what was happening. And they still jumped upon this fake Hunter Biden BS, knowing that the information was BS, that it came from Russian. Even this is all the same piece of this Hunter Biden laptop. There's no Hunter Biden laptop. This is all utter BS. And there's a Hunter Biden laptop, but the notion that it was Hunter Biden's and that he had that information, it's all a Russian intelligence operation. And quite frankly, it's a very stupid, almost cartoonishly incompetent and idiotic effort and it is unbelievable that republicans are running with it like they think they have something they don't care that it's all fake they don't care it's uh, it's from russian intelligence they are they have made they have made an alliance with the modern version of the KGB. this is the fsb this is where the republican party is today and they can't quit it even their whole basis of their impeachment is this fake information And to this very moment, I don't know, I haven't checked the news the last 10 minutes. As of 10 minutes ago, they were still trying to defend it and claim that it didn't make any difference to the underlying facts. There are no underlying facts. They got nothing. And even if they did, Mark, it's so stupid that nobody gives a damn. Like, it is so freaking stupid as a line of the president's son, something, China, Ukraine, Burisma Well, voters don't give a damn about that stuff. And I get that they're trying to do a Hillary Clinton butter emails where you don't know what exactly the wrongdoing is. It's just like a vibe. But Hillary Clinton, they could build that upon misogyny and decades of anti-Hillary propaganda. Nobody cares about Hunter Biden. And Joe Biden, quite frankly, doesn't engender that that kind of reaction. So it's even stupid as a political agiprop. It's still stupid. I don't understand what they're
0: doing. And you talk, I mean, that that's the tactic of what is called the fog of unknowability. And because there is nothing there. But I just asked you a question. I was asking us both a question really rhetorically whether these guys are on the payroll. But now. Maybe they don't have to be. If Trump is telling people, look, this guy has me in his pocket. If I don't do what he tells me to do, he's FSB is going to kill me and he's going to kill all y'all. Then maybe that's why they (laughs) maybe that's why they do it. If they know they're under that kind of a threat and, and maybe they're scared. And we know um, Russian
1: oligarchs have been a big part of funding a lot of Donald Trump's real finances. And, and even the the stupid sneakers, the Trump sneakers, because billionaire hawks, that's sneakers. <laughs> He's sold they,
0: they spray painted. They look spray painted, y'all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do, and that, what the one guy that spent nine thousand dollars in the auction to buy a pair like it's a Russian, it's an ol- Russian oligarch. So, it's this is all of a piece. Obviously, Putin wants Trump to win, and appeals to Trump's ego. I don't know. I yeah, I think money has flown, has flowed to Trump from Russia and Russian sources. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. The, uh, the question is, uh, does he care or does he realize it or is there enough ego pampering for him to, uh, who the hell knows, but that the Republican Party is so knee deep and it is, does not cut this out of their caucus, their party, and in fact embraces it. And it's, from all indications, it's the future of their party. That's quite concerning. And so I don't I, I hope they, they shouldn't utter the words Ronald Reagan. Like they they have lost all, all right to any legacy of their party, both the good and the bad, because this is a whole new Republican party. Mark, have talked about it. It would be great if we can go back to arguing about tax cuts for billionaires. That would be fantastic. And we could talk about how mean they are. And that would be the extent of it. But now we're at a point where they are literally a party pushing for fascism, for crystal fascism not an exaggeration. And and they seem to all be okay with it. It's it's absolutely bizarre.
0: And you never know about, as you've often said, a lot of people have made up their minds, but you never know how little things are going to flip a few thousand or even a percentage point. So like I said, you got the embryo issue, which is insane. And you got Navalny, Um, an embryo is a child, but Navalny is not a human being.
1: Yeah. Just to, to be a little more nuanced about the people's minds have been made up. We always talk about that one swing demographic, and that's suburban right. college-educated white women, and to a growing extent, to a starting extent, maybe white college-educated, college-educated men. They, If they swung back to the Republicans, we'd be in trouble. I don't think those women are swinging back to Republicans this election. So it's actually helping locking in a swing demographic. And we got, what, 8 million more votes than Trump last time around? it There's some padding there that would be nice to get. The battlegrounds are going to be really tight. And yet we've seen some movement in suburban Milwaukee, which used to be red. Once most of the country had, most of suburbia had started moving to the left, those Milwaukee suburbs stayed very stubbornly red. They started moving. Blue last year during the Supreme Court race. And the Supreme Court race was fought mainly over abortion. So these are definitely issues that are gonna, that are gonna help us. And Mark, I still don't, I actually, I don't know what Republicans are running on because the economy is doing well. This whole notion of a vibe session where people don't feel as secure seems to be ebbing. People are more economically secure. They're, they're happier with their economic situation and are more optimistic about the future. The stock market's doing great. If that's your thing, two is in there, that's doing really well. The, there aren't a lot of things, which is why the Republicans are really doubling down on this notion of the border and we're being invaded. But even that has limited salience. People say they're worried about that. Unless you literally live in a border community and those people don't even seem to be that concerned about it, to be honest, because those are a lot of democratic counties on that border. And yeah, it's swingy. I get that. But, it's not an issue that directly affects people, the way abortion bans, the way now you can't even do in vitro fertilization in Alabama because of this decision. You're having Republicans meddle in reproductive rights. You're having them burn books. Even Ron DeSantis has finally realized that burning books is not a political winner and he's suddenly started criticizing his own book burning policies in Florida. There those policies don't they're talking about crime. Crime statistics are down. Again, there's a vibes thing where somebody broke into my car, or whatever. I get that. But again, they're trying to act like there's this crime wave. There is no crime wave statistics pretty much show that. So they're playing on some of these fears and some of that has salience with certain parts of the electorate. But it does not overturn the threats to democracy, it does not overturn the threats to people's personal freedoms. And that's what Republicans are really leaning into. And, and Mark, you, you talked about I wrote about uh, the... Republican House, they just had, Johnson just had a weekend retreat for his caucus that was titled how they were going to keep the majority. So it's all about, they have a six seat majority right now in the House. So Democrats need to flip four seats for the majority. It's going to happen. We are, we're taking control of the House. But anyway, they had a whole session. And apparently he spent half the time sermonizing about the loss of people going to church and religious affiliation and how Republicans are the vanguard to save America for Christianity. This guy does not live. These Republicans are screwed, Martin. They're being led by somebody who isn't raising money. Kevin McCarthy raised money. He was the most prolific fundraiser in, in Congress. He's not raising money, but he wants to talk. He wants to do church sermons to the point where even Republicans were saying in this uh, political story, Republicans were like, we didn't come here for church. And yet they have nothing else because why? What I said in the beginning they are ideological, the ideologue, theocrats. They're not in this to govern, they're not in it to make people's lives better. That's not what government is for them. What it is for them is imposing their radical theocratic agenda. And I don't think that's very popular.
0: No, it clearly isn't. And we've seen politicians before who seem to be frustrated ministers. It chose the wrong career path. I'm at a conference, a practice conference of ministers right now. And that's crazy. And I'm saying <laughs> that as a minister.
1: <laughs> For you, uh, at your I, God, I, to say that, Mark. Yeah. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate but nothing beats the moment you see the grand canyon for the very first time visit a new state of mind learn more at hereyouareaz.com
0: i'm actually a minister a real one i don't just play yeah. one in, i don't play one in congress all right but these guys do that and they it's like they use their elected office to be theocrats and try to pretend like they're clergy So they can compensate for adopting and keeping grown men, okay, in their home, even though there's no real adoption, and this is a yeah, and,
1: and Mark, what it what has Mike Johnson done in the house that would make anybody go, oh yeah, that Christianity thing? It's actually something I should look into. That seems it's not like he's helping the poor. It's not like he's being ethical. It's absolutely shocking that they're gonna talk about Jesus. With their policies and the way that they have run the house, Matt Gates with his prostitutes and Lauren Boebert claiming she's all Jesus-y, but then being a disruptive force on the and fooling around in public at a public performance with kids of Beetlejuice. Like these are not people <laughs> that live up to their own supposed ideals. They're they're branding Christianity as what they are. That's the problem with Christianity. That's why Christianity is on a decline. And literally, I'm not. This is not speculation. Right. Like young evangelicals are leaving the Southern Baptist Convention because of the anti-gay, anti-women, uh, uh, repressive attitudes. You know, their anti-saving the environment. There's nothing about their behavior. That says yes, these are stewards of the Christian faith, and they're models upon which everybody else should aspire to and build upon. What happens? If you look at these guys, and that's what Christianity is. I don't want any. I don't want anything
0: to do with that. No, any part of it. It's, yeah. it's it's crazy. I I want to. I alluded to Navalny, but let me let me do this before I do that. Before I go international, you and I did last week's segment, and little did we know that after we did last week's segment, last Thursday, literally we know that Fonnie Willis was gonna take the stand. And so I wanna get Marcos Melitza's reaction <laughs> to, to what we saw, which was absolutely, to me, phenomenal. And she probably secured even more women voters, just <laughs> on that, even if she's kicked off the case and she shouldn't be, I don't think they made that case, but even if she gets kicked off the case, more women, are going to still vote democratic she can probably run for governor herself at some point but i just wanted to get your thoughts yeah about clearly
1: it. Yeah. i think that's where she's going right now is she's set up pretty nicely for a higher office run in that uh, so tough state but uh, she's acquitting herself pretty well in the non-legal sense of the word to quit but I mean, she, everybody talks about how nobody likes to go up against her because she's a force of nature and she just proved it, right? She is a force of nature. She's incredibly smart. She's incredibly, not smart just intellectually, but she knows how to turn a phrase of words. She knows how to communicate, again, not just the idea, but the vibe of the idea, right? And this notion that nobody's going to, she's an independent woman and how that scene is a big threat and uh, how nobody was going to, she need nobody to take care of her. She's her own master. Like, it was like, She's an incredibly powerful person. I don't think she got to where she got given the challenges that black women face just generally in advancing through the ranks of things like the law that are really dominated by an old guard. That's mostly white and mostly male. And so she shows why she has gotten as far as she has. And I think you're right. There was nothing in the hearing that would suggest that she needs to be removed from the case. And. uh, she has set herself up pretty nice. I was just tracking her reaction, the reactions on social media. And there was a lot of celebration going on.
0: And, and <laughs> I didn't see the
1: right wingers really jump on it either. They, was, they let it go. There was nothing there for them to really hang on to.
0: And then you had the former Republican governor, Roy Barnes, pretty much endorse her and Wade as capable prosecutors. And then make the case as her witness. He said, I didn't want the job. He said, I've gotten enough death threats. Uh-huh. That was really for a, Republican, a former Republican to come in and say that. First of all, for her to invite a former Republican to do it, and then a former Republican governor. And then for him to say, I got too many death threats, I can't do it. But Wade is competent, and Fani Willis is competent,
1: yep.
0: and just really extolling. So I, I think it's going to be hard to disqualify either one of them. But I think also a case was made, then we just appointed the prosecutor. Because she also said, y'all have it. This is the line of the day was, you all have this confused. I'm not on trial. They're on trial. These are the people that are on trial. These are the criminals. But so back to Navalny, and you and I have not, you and I haven't talked about, again, folks, Daily Coast's coverage of Ukraine has been beyond, without peer, beyond compare. So, assuming that you're still looking at things pretty closely. Yeah. What? where do things stand in terms of how the war is going for ukraine how critical is it that more aid be gotten to ukraine and in the in the global community what does this navalny killing do to galvanize more support perhaps for ukraine and others and other nato countries and less support for russia and how and lastly how trump's response which has not been a meaningful response he's still excusing it how does that and and is that the kind of issue that as i said there's some in the electorate that are going to be interested in that not a lot of people interested in maybe global issues but if it, it might be that sliver marcos that says wait a minute this man killed this man and you're not even saying i'm talking about it trump you're not you're not even condemning it Yeah. So So, that's a lot I threw out there, but I just want to give you the floor on that.
1: Yeah. So not only for anybody who doesn't know, it was the Russian opposition leader. He was poisoned by Putin a few years back when he was in Germany. He recovered and returned to Russia. Even though everybody said, they're going to kill you. He went back. He was imprisoned and he was in prison for in the Siberian gulag. I don't know, about six months. And then they murdered him. It reinforces the sort of sense by Putin that he can get away with anything, that he is beholden to no norms of civilization or decency. Uh, He's been very emboldened lately because he thinks he's really hopeful that Donald Trump wins. And Donald Trump, like you noted earlier, has said that he would basically let Putin do whatever he wanted and he would not defend NATO. And so there's a shared mutual admiration society between the murderous dictator Putin and the murderous dictator wannabe Donald Trump, and uh, it is—it's been difficult for Ukraine. Ukraine's running out of ammunition, and uh, Russia recently conquered a small town, thirty thousand pre-war population, thirty thousand that had been contested since two thousand fourteen. Because I don't think people, a lot of people don't realize this, but this war has been going on since two thousand fourteen. Just got really hot in twenty twenty two, and twenty twenty one, and uh, so there, there's. I will say that there, there's a group of people that are exaggerating the importance of taking a small town because Russia lost at least 17, per their own numbers, they lost at least 17,000 soldiers taking a, thir- a town of 30,000 pre-war population. It's a little village. Imagine just a town around you with population 30,000 and then losing 17,000 people to take it. It's not as strategically impactful. It's definitely a morale hit to Ukraine, which had been so effective at holding off Russian advances because they had ammunition. Now they're out of ammunition are rationing bullets or rationing artillery shields. And that is precisely because of Mike Johnson and the Republicans in the U.S. House withholding aid. There is a direct correlation to Russia's aggressiveness right now. And it's reckless aggressiveness, just to be very clear. It's human waves attacking and they don't care how many of their own men die. It's like horse shell straight out of World War II, just human waves. But Ukraine doesn't have the ammunition to hold off those waves or forced to withdraw, to, withdraw, to retreat, right? So this has to pass. I'm confident that it will. There, there's enough Republicans in the House that are interested in making it happen that a discharge petition, which is a very rare, but very possible end run around Mike Johnson, that it's a thing that will happen in March. Here when they get back to session in early March, hoping that they get that ammunition. But the war's gonna be a stalemate. Like right now, Ukraine needs so much rebuilding of its military capacity after three years of war that I don't think anything fundamentally changes for at least a couple of years until they can be properly equipped and it can properly degrade Russian war machine. And Even start targeting Russian industry, which they have been doing. They've been launching drones against oil facilities and natural gas processing stations and factories. And that's the sort of thing that may actually have more impact, like really strike deep into Russia, strike their industry. And then hopefully that will lead them to reconsider the battlefield. Because clearly they don't care about losing men on the battlefield. They don't get a rat's ass about that. So what does Putin care about? That's the question that people are trying to figure out.
0: And yeah. it is it is Trump just talking trash and playing the dozens, or is should people really be concerned? Yeah, no, people... that he could this guy could stay in Ukraine, continue to advance there, if they're not stopped, and then be a real threat to NATO country.
1: There is still we can always go back to that Helsinki summit where Trump met with. Vladimir Putin. And he went in and uh, we still don't know what they talked about. We still don't know what they talked about. He refuses to release any kind of transcript or even a readout or any hint of what what was discussed. And so it seems very obvious, always has been, that Trump really idolizes strongmen because he sees himself as one of those. He doesn't want to deal with democratic norms. He doesn't have to deal with winning votes. He wants to have his... Nuremberg style rallies. That's what he, that's what he wants. And he has very much, he hates Western European democracies. It's just overt. They don't like him. He doesn't like them, whether it's a French, Germans, Dutch, Brits, and he'd rather hang out with North Korean dictators and, and Putin and probably Ayatollahs, why not? Because it's all part of the same group at this point. And he'd rather do that than actually interact with democracies because he sees that as weak anybody that has to yeah. answer to voters is not strong they're weak yeah yeah so yeah he everything he said he's not hiding it he never has like, go back people have been going back to what stuff he he took out a full page new york times ad back in 1990 something where he advocated for pulling out of nato because why are we helping pay for nato's defense or europe's defense why because we don't want to get sucked into another war that's why Right. Right. I don't know if right. you notice know, World War One, World War II. Wars in Europe have a habit of sucking us in. We're economically dependent on, on there's an interdependency economically. that. Uh, so it's a bit frustrating that Republicans go along with it. And even Lindsey Graham, Mark. Lindsey Graham acted outraged, he was outraged when Navalny was murdered. He voted against Ukraine aid. So don't sit there and play this freaking game. And why did he vote against Ukraine? aid? Because Donald Trump told him. Yeah. yeah. Another reason, because he's, he's been a he's been a Russia hawk his whole life. Suddenly he's voting against Ukraine. aid. Yeah. Trump told him. So yeah. they're all cowards. They're all cowards.
0: Marcos Melitzis is always Thursday coast. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Talk to you next week